Do you think about making dynasty trades even while watching football games? Are you thinking of player values when you should be thinking of family values? Then you may have a trading problem. Don't worry, you're not alone. I am Dynasty Outhouse and I have a trading problem. And I'm Brian Haar and I also have a trading problem. Join us for the Trade Addicts podcast where you can be with like-minded people and talk about everything in the NFL in the context of dynasty trade values. News and notes, make amends, keep trade buys, all these things we will cover every week. And don't forget Trade Addicts trades. So when you're done listening to this fine DLF family podcast, please tune in to the Trade Addicts podcast. Thank you and enjoy your podcast. You're listening to the DLF Dynasty podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome to the latest edition of the DLF Dynasty podcast. I am at the Reigns again this week. I'm Dan Myler, and with me, as always, my two good friends, Matt Price and Ryan McDowell. We've had a lot of draft talk over the last handful of weeks, fellas, and we're going to kind of shift gears slightly, I guess, uh, and talk more about the team perspectives, uh, needs and fits. We'll go through the depth charts of of all the teams over the next couple of weeks and try to pinpoint some of our favorite landing spots for these rookies or at least the big time rookies guys. Let's get right into it. I guess we're going to start with the AFC. We'll do the NFC teams next week and we're going to start in the AFC East since our champions were out of the AFC East, the new England Patriots. Ryan, I guess we'll start with you overall Thoughts on the Patriots? There's the obvious, you know, from a dynasty perspective, we'd all like to see one of these big-time tight ends end up in New England, especially with one of those first-round picks. Your thoughts just in general on the depth chart and what you'd like to see them do uh, from a dynasty owner's perspective? It's just such a weird roster because they've obviously had very high levels of success for, what, the past two decades, basically. But when you look at this roster, especially those four positions we care the most about, it's pretty ugly from a dynasty perspective. They have they have no tight end at this point after the Gronkowski retirement. Uh, we, we know what we're getting with Tom Brady, and, and it's really just the countdown of how much longer does he have, not only as a, as a top producer uh, from a fantasy perspective, but in the league at all. And then... Wide receiver is maybe worse than it's been in years, and, and it's been pretty bad uh, from time to time for them. They they essentially only have Julian Edelman left. So, I mean, when I think about their team needs, I, I think it's probably time they start thinking about a, a backup quarterback, whether that's uh, the heir apparent to Brady or, or, or just a, a reliable backup uh, moving forward. They have needs at wide receiver, and, and then the obvious need at tight end. I, I do think they're finally set, at least for the next couple of years, at the running back position. So uh, probably like most dynasty owners, I'm most anxious to see who they draft at tight end, and uh, but but also wide receiver. I think they really need a big wide receiver uh, with, with Edelman Dorsett already there, and there's a lot of big-bodied wideouts in this class, so they're they're going to have plenty of options. They've got that late first rounder. They have two second rounders. They have three third rounders. They've got some ammo to get uh, a tight end and a receiver on those first two days. 
Yeah, but the thing, and Matt will bring you in here, the thing with the Patriots has been, first of all, their history of drafting wide receivers, especially high in the draft, has not gone well in the Bill Belichick era. You know, really, it's a it's a challenge to even think of a couple guys that have really panned out, especially with the Patriots. So, you know, looking t- towards that position, you at least raise an eyebrow to what kind of potential we could get there. And then with that big gaping hole at tight end and the need at quarterback or at least a developmental quarterback there's so many potential fills uh or potential picks that we could see the patriots add that that you know would affect us in dynasty that it's easy to forget that bill belichick doesn't always do it that way and he he values those pass rushers and the defensive backs and the offensive linemen and all the other positions so he's going to fill those needs as well there's a really good chance matt that we're all just disappointed and they they maybe don't take a guy in those first few picks in the first couple of rounds well i mean you guys are doing a, a huge disservice to guys like philip dorsett and maurice harris they just brought in bruce ellington they got braxton barrios there i mean come on guys this this set of receivers <laughs> Yeah, household names. And I, I tied in. They brought in Matt Lacoste and Steven Anderson. It was great. We're great at Cal, you know, disappointed at Houston. Jacob Hollister. No, you, these are the two positions. I think you're nailed, Ryan nailed it. Running back a set with Michelle and, and of course, James White. And I think Burkhead will come back healthy and, and contribute a little bit there. Uh, but it's it's disgusting. I don't really, you don't really want any of these guys. I guess if you're a contender, I think Julie Edelman is a decent, like, buy i guess for a late second early third round something like that if you can get somebody to, to sell them for that uh but draft capital wise it's got to be wide receiver and tight end here uh, at least on the offensive side in terms of the quarterback position i think you could see them go there in like the third round i don't think you're gonna see a first or maybe even a second round pick there from them maybe uh maybe somebody like will greer i think would, would be a, an interesting fit you know you have that aggressive quarterback who's Pretty accurate, not the biggest of arms. Does it sound like like Brady to anyone? I think he could probably do pretty well throwing to guys like James White and Bruce Ellington. So, so maybe that's where they go at the quarterback position. But Ryan, and you, and you also, Dan, are, are certainly right that wide receiver and tight end are seem like the biggest needs right now. Especially if Brady is going to actually play till forty till forty five, then they'll just take uh, uh, whoever is the who is left over next year in the twenty twenty draft. So, quick question, quick answer, guys. If they pick a wide receiver in the first round. Does that guy's value go drastically up? I think it depends on where relative to where everybody else goes. You know, I think if that's the best landing spot of if, if like in Brugler's latest mock where Harry goes to the Jaguars and Butler goes to the Panthers and, you know, some of these, these landing spots that don't look as good, then I think it's possible if the, if the, the, the Patriots took somebody in the first round that their value would increase. Like if they got A.J. Brown, for example, I think that looks pretty good. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think there's enough poor landing spots from for the wide for the wide receivers. Yeah, landing in New England, I would certainly consider a good one. So yeah, I think that would be a value gain for that player. Let's go to the Miami Dolphins, new coach, new quarterback. Seems like almost new everything down there in Miami. Certainly going to be a rebuild mode here for the Dolphins, Matt needs all the way around really maybe with the exception of tight end with Mike Gusecki already in place they've also brought in Dwayne Allen um but you could see somebody fitting in at all three of the other positions quarterback running back and wide receiver what are your dynasty thoughts here with the Dolphins it's just messy I mean 
on paper, it feels like they should have they have enough guys at each position with Parker and Stills and Wilson if he's healthy. Leonte Carew still sticking around. I mean, it, they they have guys, right? They just don't have any guys that we're excited about for fantasy. So I don't know if they them as an organization sees that as a big need. Obviously, the same with tight end. And then you know you have to think they're going to want to take a quarterback at some point, but. I, I could definitely see them like feeling okay with, with at where they're at at running back and wide receiver and loading up maybe at at uh, on the defensive side this draft. So I, I don't have a good grasp on this team at all, uh, other than what they want to do at the quarterback position. They just drafted Balaj last year, you know, Kenyon Drake, whatever you want to say about him. But they have these guys at the other position that are under contract and, and that they're familiar with. So it, it, it seems like a, a tough spot for for a rookie to break through unless they really spend a premium position or a premium draft pick. On, on, a, on one of the wide receivers. Ryan, there's all, all those rumblings out of Miami that they're going to wait until Tua or wait until next year to go after the quarterback. Let Ryan Fitzpatrick man the ship this year. They pick at 13 in the first round. What are your hopes as a dynasty owner? Would you rather they just ignore our, the positions we care about? My hopes are that I don't have any Dolphins on my dynasty rosters. <laughs> That's my hopes. This, uh, this screams everything they've done this off season screams that, that they're looking towards 2020 and I don't really blame them. Uh, I mean, they have below average running backs and wide receivers below average quarterback. I still like Mike Gusecki, uh as, as a, a guy to buy in dynasty, but not because I want to use him in 2019 only, uh, only for his future. I don't really think they will take a quarterback. I, I believe that narrative that they will wait until 2020, and, and they're probably just as happy to lose every single game this upcoming season. So uh, I, I expect the offense to be really bad. That tells me I don't want much uh, Kenyon Drake. You know, maybe Fitzpatrick, they're going to throw the ball around a lot. I certainly expect them to be uh, behind in, in most games. So, you know, if you – you want to take a shot on Kenny Stills or Albert Wilson? Yeah, maybe, but really none of these guys have much dynasty value. When you said Fitzpatrick there, I, I assume you meant Minka Fitzpatrick because he's going to be on the field all the time and maybe he can he can get some IDP value for our IDP players. Let's go up north to Buffalo and talk a little bit about the Bills. They're, they got pretty much a pick in every round with the exception of the fourth and fifth round where they have an extra pick and pick ninth overall there is some talk that perhaps the the bills could add a tight end maybe a running back relatively early in the draft and you know with that core already in place josh allen there um they added a couple of receivers maybe not the big names that that could have landed there but certainly guys that could make some plays especially with Allen's big arm still have the holdover with LaShawn McCoy and and then the addition of Frank Gore um are we excited about this landing spot Ryan for for any of the positions that they could go to especially running back and tight end I wouldn't say we're too excited I think there's still enough questions about Josh Allen as a quarterback that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be excited um, about certainly about pass catchers landing in Buffalo, but this Bills team, really the past two seasons, has just continued to outperform expectations. 
and and you really have to be impressed with with the coaching staff and and what they've done to to build this team. It sounds crazy when you look at this roster because kind of like Miami, they they really don't have uh, they don't have many players that have dynasty value. But uh, whether it's defense or or whatever it is, they they have found a way to win more games than anybody really expected them to. So I'm kind of thinking we'll see the same thing again. I don't think they'll take a, a running back early. Uh, I think that's another spot where they're probably happy to wait until uh, 2020 or, or just take a, a late round guy to play there behind McCoy and, and Frank Gore. I, 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 I disagree a little bit. Uh, running back, I definitely agree with. I don't think they're going there early, but I think they could take receiver early. They have precedent before they, when they took Watkins. You know, this seems like a, a decent spot for Metcalf if he's going to go super early with that big, big arm quarterback, and they really don't have any other receiver on the roster with his size. I guess you can argue speed with Foster and Brown, but uh, no real playmakers on that on that receiving game. So if, if DK landed there, I, I would actually him land there than, than someplace like uh, like Washington, for example. So I don't, I don't mind Metcalf there. Tight end, I think, is definitely an option. They did just bring in Tyler Croft, if that's worth anything to you. But I think if they're going to go skill position, it's going to be wide receiver or tight end. It's hard to see a wide receiver, even if it's Metcalf early in the first or if they were to trade back or anything, get one of these other guys. Uh, it's hard to get excited about the landing spot. I know Josh Allen has the big arm, but they already added the speedster with John Brown, um, added the guy underneath with Cole Beasley. It seems to me like they did what they wanted to do there. You don't think DK is would take over that role immediately from those guys? Maybe not Brown, but I think those other three, I, I think. Yeah, I think my point was, yeah, he'll have the role, but are we going to get excited about that to the point that DK's value skyrockets in Dynasty immediately or anything like that? It doesn't necessarily do that with Buffalo. No, but I think more so than these other spots, though. Like, name another bad team that he's a better fit on. I mean, I know I'm asking you guys, putting you guys on the spot there, but if there's there another like quote unquote bad team that that we would be more excited about than Buffalo, certainly not Miami. Uh, I, I and, and Washington, I think, is is out too for me. So, just curious if you guys have have any thoughts there. I guess if there's a better bad team for him to go to, I don't think it's so much a, of a bad team as just a bad quarterback, or or at least questions about the quarterback. And yeah, and there there are better landing spots where you could you'd feel better, especially high in the draft. San Francisco picks second. I know that's pretty high compared to where we see him in mocks, but there's always the trade down scenarios. I'd rather see him with the Jets at three. They could use a downfield threat like like DK would offer him. Uh, Tampa Bay would be a dream scenario. I'd, you'd love to see that. There's already obviously wide receivers in place there, and you'd get a little bit of a Mike Williams effect with with the stud already there and, and some other um, playmakers. So I, I think the list kind of goes on and on. I don't know if Buffalo is the place I'd like to see a wide receiver. Well, going back to your your question with the Patriots, if they choose a wide receiver in the first round or second round, does that player gain value? And and I think we decided yes. With Buffalo, that player is going to lose value. With Baltimore, that player is going to lose value. Whoever it is, if it's Metcalf or Harry or whoever it might be. Yeah, and it might not be drastic. Some of these guys that we expect to go between two and five in our mocks right now might suddenly be between four and seven or something like that. But I think there's there's enough question marks in Buffalo to make us think that that wouldn't be an ideal spot, especially at wide receiver. 
Let's go to the Jets, the final team in the AFC East. Sam Darnold, of course. They also brought in Le'Veon Bell. The wide receiver core still has some question marks, despite adding Jamison Crowder. They have Anderson and Inunua in place. Chris Herndon seemed to be seems to be entrenched at tight end. Um, another spot with the potential to add a playmaker, probably not at running back, obviously, with Le'Veon Bell there. It'd have to be at wide receiver, Matt. Yeah, it's a, and I think it's got to be one of these bigger guys because you got Robbie Anderson for the speed. You've got Crowder underneath. I don't know what the heck a noon was going to do if he's not playing the slot, to be honest with you. So uh, there's definitely room for one of these bigger speed guys like DK, like we just talked about, or uh, really any of these top guys. Maybe not, maybe not necessarily A.J. Brown there because Crowder's in the slot, although I think pretty easily brown would take that job but why why double up at that that kind of slot position and i do think brown can play outside but maybe not the best spot for him there in in uh for the jets uh but another one of these guys we talk about you know harry i guess uh be okay there keem butler might be fun there so uh yeah i, I think you're right the wide receiver is the only real position of need i think from a from a skill-based position so from a skill-based standpoint so they might be looking at a lot of defensive players for the jets draft i think and I've been on record saying I like Sam Darnold, and I think he has the chance to develop into a very useful fantasy quarterback for all of us. But he needs those weapons. The addition of Bell was a very nice add. Obviously, Herndon, uh, he has the chance to become a, a playmaker for them. But but there is some need at wide receiver, Ryan. They're picking very high in the draft again at third overall. They don't have a second round pick. So there's always the chance that perhaps they move down a few picks to add a second rounder. And that brings in some of those other names that we've already talked about, maybe Metcalf, uh, maybe some of these others. How excited would you be with a receiver landing in New York with the Jets? Um, still, still not a spot I'm, again, necessarily excited about. I think it could just be very little value change. Uh, if a, one of these top receivers were to land in New York, if it's if it's these top guys, then I think they could pretty quickly move up the depth chart. But we talked about the guys they have there, and and they all have had some levels of of success. So I don't think even a, a rookie like Harry or or Metcalf is just going to go in and and automatically be the top target for that offense. And, and again, going back to the picks, they they have been rumored to be looking to trade down from three, but uh, if, if they don't move, they're certainly not taking a receiver at three. And then, as you mentioned, they don't pick again uh, until the third round. They've got two picks in the third. So that eliminates guys like Metcalf and Harry and A.J. Brown and probably Hakeem Butler. Um, so they're they're digging a little a little bit deeper, and but they can do that in this class. It's a deep class. So even if they wait until the third to grab one of those wide receivers, we're still talking about a, about a quality prospect. Yeah. We're talking about a quality prospect. And and if you are a believer in Sam Darnold or think there's the potential for him to gain value, there is a path to playing time for a young player, despite the, the depth chart with Anderson and Crowder and a noon one on and on and on. Let's move on to the AFC North. We'll start in Pittsburgh with the Steelers, Roethlisberger at quarterback, James Conner and Jalen Samuels seem to be pretty solid, uh, or their roles have seem to be pretty solid in Pittsburgh. Juju, James Washington, Dante Moncrief, maybe a little bit more room for another receiver in Pittsburgh. They like they seem to like to draft a receiver every year, and then Vance McDonald 
at tight end. I would say wide receiver is the biggest need, probably the biggest chance at an impact immediately for a, for a rookie Ryan. The Steelers pick 20th in this year's draft. They have that pick in each round. Uh, and then have an additional third round pick, a high third, uh, thanks to the Antonio Brown trade and an additional fifth round pick. What are our thoughts about Pittsburgh and the potential for a playmaker to end up there? Yeah, it's got to be the wide receiver position that we focus on there. And um, I don't, I, I know some are maybe worried about Juju as as a wide receiver one in that offense. I'm obviously not one of those, a big fan of his, but I don't think they're necessarily ready to hand James Washington the number two job. He's He's been kind of a hot name in Dynasty this offseason as a result of of this whole ordeal. And, and I still like him uh, as a, as a player to, to target in dynasty, but yeah, they're, they're certainly going to add a wide receiver. I'm, uh, and, and they also, they did sign uh, Dante Moncrief who I like as well. So I think that maybe takes a little of the pressure off as far as uh, using maybe that first rounder on a wide receiver. I, I don't think that's going to happen. But whether it's in the second round, a couple of those third round picks, as you mentioned, they'll add a wide receiver, probably a, a bigger, uh, a bigger wide out. And, and again, that's that's going to be a hot target for dynasty owners. Yeah, I, wide receiver for sure. But I do think those top three are solid. So I think, like you said, I don't think it's going to happen in the first round. I, I do think a tight end in the first round is is. On, on in play at least Vance McDonald of course is there everybody's excited about this year but we know the story with Vance McDonald he can't stay healthy never really has throughout his career um, has certainly been productive with them when he's been on the field but you know there's literally nothing behind him but unless you're excited so excited about Bucky Hodges uh, so I think that's a great spot for Hawkinson and for some reason if he fell that far Fant maybe not as much maybe 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 if they want to reach for Irv Smith probably not in the first round but I think tight end is something we should look for for the Steelers as well. Yeah, the Steelers have so many needs on their def- on the defense, on the defensive side of the ball, that I would expect that first-round pick to go on that side, either a linebacker or front-seven guy, maybe even a corner because they got some guys coming up on the end of their contracts as well. So uh, not necessarily thinking it's going to be a first-round pick that we get as dynasty owners, but definitely the potential in the on the second day of the draft. Let's go to Cleveland. And for the first time in a long time, I think – it's it's pretty easy to say that there's not Cleveland isn't a very good landing spot for potential playmakers for us in Dynasty. Matt Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, OBJ, Jarvis Landry, David Njoku. The list kind of goes on and on. There's not a lot of room for touches in that offense, and that that doesn't spell a quality landing spot for Dynasty owners. No, this is this is probably going to be a pretty boring draft from a skill position standpoint for and for what we care for fantasy for the Browns but I, I bet they load up on you know they, they traded the offensive lineman away uh, so maybe it's an offensive line and, and defensive draft for those guys maybe a third receiver you know depending on how they feel about Callaway or, or Ratley uh, Rashard Higgins I guess is is that uh, third guy behind Beckham and Landry but so so I think there's some room maybe for a third wide receiver but uh, that's about it I think from an offensive standpoint yeah, it's funny usually Cleveland is the team we're avoiding because we just want nothing to do with that with that roster, and uh, things have certainly changed. Uh, it, it feels like quickly. If you're a Browns fan, it probably doesn't feel so quick. But uh, you, yeah, you have to love what you what you see with this roster. And uh, I guess when it comes to uh, 
the the moves they might make on draft weekend here in in a, a few weeks, a couple weeks. The one I'm most looking forward to is seeing what they do with Duke Johnson if if they do end up trading him. Right, and if they do end up cha- trading Duke Johnson, is there the potential for a new role to open up? It doesn't seem likely with Chubb and Hunt there, and then also h- how much does Duke Johnson's value uh, change depending on where he ends up? Let's go to the Baltimore Ravens guys. Lamar Jackson entrenched as their starter. Uh, they did some work at running back, adding Mark Ingram, so that seems locked up. Uh, not necessarily the great landing spot that we thought there was the potential for it to be just a few weeks ago. Willie Sneed right now penciled in as a wide receiver one. I'm not sure, despite the need at the position, if we can get too excited about a wide receiver landing in Baltimore, though, because of the quarterback and how he plays and maybe the lack of accuracy and downfield throwing in Baltimore. And and I doubt anybody's going to list tight end as a need for the Ravens with Ozzie Newsom drafting one or two every year. Uh, Ryan, let's go back to you. What are your thoughts on Baltimore as a landing spot for our dynasty rookies? Again, it's, it's all about the receiver position. We kind of linked them with Buffalo because it's, it's a similar story. Uh, the difference I guess is that Buffalo went out and signed a couple of receivers for their, uh, inaccurate young quarterback and, and the Ravens did not. This is, when you look at this depth chart, it's, it's one of the ugliest I've ever seen from a receiver perspective. We talked about Snead, but it's Chris Moore and Jaleel Scott. They did sign Seth Roberts from the Raiders, uh, and, and yeah, they, I mean they need they need to draft maybe three wide receivers, and they don't necessarily have a, a ton of draft capital. They they don't have a second round pick. They're going to draft a, a wide receiver probably in that first round with that twenty two overall. It's just not going to be a player I want. I'm just kind of on pins and needles, hoping my favorite wideout does not end up there. I think you're actually kind of safe in the first round, Ryan. I, I know that's been popular, and as you look at mocks, it's it's almost trendy or, or commonplace now to have a wide receiver slid in there at 22. First of all, because they don't have that second-round pick, there's probably a good chance they move back a little bit, uh, try to collect extra picks, even though they got an extra third-round pick and an I think an extra fourth round pick I have written down here as well. We got to remember also they lost their entire pass rush over the off season as well. And that's a big, big need for the Baltimore Ravens. So I would be surprised if they didn't try to add a pass rusher at the top of the draft, which would help us all because I like you am not very excited about the prospect of one of my favorite wide receivers ending up in Baltimore in the first round. Matt, your thoughts? Yeah, I I agree with you guys. I'm not excited about it, but we also we also kind of need it to happen for J- Lamar Jackson's development. Like that's why I, the only reason why I'm rooting for a first first round wide receiver there is we need we need weapons to help out Lamar. Um, I I was talking on a podcast a little bit earlier today about Lamar Jackson, and I know he was not great from a fantasy standpoint. He was fine though. I mean, he was quarterback seven from weeks eleven to seventeen last year. He finished no worse than quarterback sixteen. Four or six weeks, he finished as a quarterback one. 
one. And this was without anybody to throw it to and without really being able to throw it. So I I, I really th- I hope they get somebody, if not in the first round, in the third, maybe Arcega Whiteside or Kelvin Harmon maybe even could fall to him in the third round and help him out. Uh, so I, I know we're not excited about this landing spot for our receivers, but I am excited about it in, in terms of Lamar Jackson's development. So I hope it happens. I hope it's not my favorite wide receiver, like Ryan said, but I hope they really do get a good one to help out Lamar. Yeah, that's a good point. It would, would help out Jackson's owners for sure. Let's go to Cincinnati with the Bengals. Uh, running back is covered. Joe Mixon and Gio Bernard seemed entrenched there. Wide receiver seems relatively solid with A.J. Green at the one and Tyler Boyd at the two. After that, maybe some question marks, but the speedy John Ross is on the roster as well. Tight end, there are definitely questions about. Tyler Eifert can't stay healthy. And then rumblings out of Cincinnati that they're looking at quarterbacks and maybe somebody to take over for or at least compete with Andy Dalton at some point, whether that be early or late in the draft. Matt, what are your your thoughts about Cincinnati and the potential for a dynasty playmaker to land uh, with the Bengals? This seems like kind of a dead zone too, honestly, unless they're going to grab a quarterback I don't think they're going to do that in the first right that they feel feel pretty safe at running back wide receiver feels pretty pretty like they're pretty set there with Boyd and if Ross is going to continue to develop maybe maybe they don't believe in Ross anymore and, and that's where uh, uh they they spend their their capital there tight end of course I think is an option they just have Zoma and Eifert uh, and his, you know, Frankenstein knees. So I think tight end is maybe a likely spot if they're going to go skill position in the first round and, and grab one of these top guys. But otherwise, other than the than the outside chance of a wide receiver three and a tight end, I don't see a whole lot of exciting skill position players that we care about in Dynasty going to Cincinnati. If there's anything to be excited r- r- about, Ryan, when it comes to Cincinnati, is that the coaching change created this dynamic that you think Oh, this this coach Zach Taylor comes over from Los Angeles and that Rams system, and they they like to add playmakers and get unique have unique formations uh, and and really give defenses exotic looks and get their playmakers the ball in open space. The Rams regularly add talent to that offense, even when we may not think that that's necessary. So, if if Taylor decides to do that with Cincinnati. Is there the potential for the same type of thing there to happen down the line? And, and should we be looking at that as dynasty owners? I think the, the question, and, and maybe this maybe this will be answered once we actually get to the draft, I'm not sure that we, that we know at this point, is who's really making the personnel, the draft decisions there, because Cincinnati has... Um, uh, under the, under the, the Brown family has earned a reputation of name brand drafting, basically drafting players that everybody has heard of there. And, and it's been talked about a lot and pretty well documented that they have the smallest uh, scouting department in the league. They, uh, this is, this is just an area they fail. Uh, they fail at basically year in and year out. And they're drafting guys that are on the front of magazines or, or high up in, you know, Mel Kuyper's rankings, which is just, ludicrous when you think about it so with that in mind and with other reports that we've heard about uh, Dwayne Haskins potentially falling I think we could see them take Dwayne Haskins if he falls to 11 Uh, not only would that fall under that name brand drafting there is there is the question at quarterback Haskins is an Ohio State kid I think that would 
you know, they would think about from a, a selling ticket perspective that that would be a, a win. I just don't give them much credit for anything from the personnel standpoint. I, I really hope it's Taylor that, that gets to make these calls, but I kind of doubt that happens. So let's run with that just a little bit. Let's say Haskins lands in Cincinnati. What does that do to his value, Ryan, in Superflex Leagues? I think his value is already falling a little bit in Superflex Leagues. If you just think about the, the perceived value pre-draft and, and the questions that are leaking out about him, uh, if he were to be drafted uh, to the Bengals and if we assume that they're going to give Dalton one more year and then hand things off to Haskins, I would I would think his value would continue to fall, but maybe maybe make him a good buy at that point. Okay, with that, let's move on to the AFC South. We'll go with the Houston Texans to start here. Uh, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Miller, DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller. Nice core here, Matt. If you, if you had to choose a position as a dynasty owner that you'd like to see added in Houston for Deshaun Watson, what would it be? I think definitely running back. And again, I don't think it's happening in the first round, but but give me Miles Sanders to Houston. I like that quite oh, a bit. Yes. Uh, and like the second or third or third round, probably third round, I would guess maybe. Uh, but something like that there. Uh, I'm not a foreman believer, never have been. I know he's now going to be a year removed from that from that uh, Achilles injury, but it's, I don't know. Maybe he plays a role, but I really think that running back is the prime spot here. Tight end also always kind of an issue for uh, the Texans. Jordan Thomas kind of came on last year. They drafted Aikens last year. Ryan Griffin is always hanging around, uh, but they, they haven't really been able to find an answer to that position since uh, uh, Zach Miller left them, right? So um, I think those are the, the two spots we're looking for. Maybe they, they add a wide receiver, uh, you know, if we can't trust Fuller's health. But I think, uh, I think running back is the position I want to look for for these guys. Yeah, and they may have already done that at wide receiver with Kiki Cutie as well. I think they have high hopes for him. I like what you said there about running back in the second or third round. They, of course, have that extra second-round pick uh, to go along with theirs. Matt, or Excuse me, Ryan, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I totally agree with Matt. I think running back would be – uh, the spot they should target, and and they're in they're in a good position that they they still have Miller that they can rely on as their starter for this season. So that gives them a little uh, a little freedom to gamble on a running back, maybe even later in the draft. They tried to do that with with Foreman. I don't think it's worked out, and I'm not sure it's just the uh, just the injury that he has to blame. I I kind of just get the feeling they might be ready to move on and, and try to replace him. So I certainly think they'll add a running back. When we look at that tight end death chart, yeah, I agree with Matt. It, it looks like they need to add someone there. This is a good class that uh, you feel like they probably could add someone, but they drafted two rookies last year. And as much as fantasy and dynasty owners don't like it, they seem pretty content with that tight end depth chart. I think they might just roll with that. Let's go on to the Indianapolis Colts, guys. Uh, The Colts have done a lot of work to this roster, and it's looking formidable. If there's a hole, maybe at that second wide receiver spot, they added Devin Funches to complement T.Y. Hilton, but there's definitely potential for a guy to take over a role and develop with Andrew Luck. Running back, there were all those rumors about them adding a free agent potentially. They stayed away from that, but rolling with Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines, the potential to add another running back to that mix. 
as well, Ryan. What do you think about Indianapolis as a landing spot, especially for receiver and running back? I think they're in, in a great spot, first of all, with uh, with the moves they've already made over the past two years. They've pretty quickly rebuilt that roster uh, with, with draft picks and taking a chance on guys like Ebron and Funchess, who uh, most other teams had given up on. Signing Funchess looks really smart as much as uh, fantasy owners want to hate on him, and, and probably deservedly so, but that gives them some flexibility in the draft. They don't necessarily have to add that wide out early, but they do have, uh, they have three picks in the top 60, two in the top 35. So we'll see them add a wide receiver and and that wide receiver will then become a really uh, top target. I think in, in rookie drafts. Uh, Dame Brugler put out his, again, his seventh round mocked draft today on uh, Tuesday or Monday we're recording. Uh, And he has, AJ Brown there. And I can't I listen, I know we want him on the Packers Dan, but AJ Brown to the Colts, that sounds pretty fantastic, like a match made in heaven. They have those two big well, they have the big guy and Funches on the outside, and of course TY Hilton providing provide the speed element, but they lack that slot receiver, and I think Brown could come in there and just crush. So uh, I'm in, I'm kind of in love with that pick now. I think wide receiver is the spot they should go, if not in the first round, relatively early. I'm 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 still on Marlon Mack's side. I think he is a true uh, bell cow if they need him to be, with of course Hines providing the the receptions out of the backfield uh, primarily and, and can do some spot starting too, if they need him to. So I, I think running back is probably a little lower on the list for me personally for this team, but I do think they add somebody, you know, you have to can't, can't forget about last year's preseason star, Jordan Wilkins either. Right. So he's there as their, their third running back. But uh, I think, I think wide receiver is where I'd like to see them to go early. Oh, I think wide receiver to Indianapolis is one of the top potential lining spots in the first round. And that for opening night of the draft, that's one of the things that dynasty owners everywhere should be looking. So AJ Brown lands there, Matt, how high is, is he in your rankings? Not knowing other in a super flex, he's one Oh two in, in a standard one quarterback. I think he's one Oh one there. Nice. <laughs> Let's go to Jacksonville. I don't think we're going to find any one ones down there. Uh, Nick Voles at quarterback, Fournette at running back, just a group of guys at wide receiver with Marquise Lee and D.D. Westbrook and D.J. Chark and now Chris Conley, of course. Tight end is a mess for the Jaguars as well. You could see him really going anywhere here, Matt. Um, is there a spot you'd like to see him go for our dynasty rosters? No, stay, just stay away. <laughs> I feel about this one as you got kind of like you guys felt about Baltimore, to be honest with you. Uh, I guess, though, I have a more volume of, of wide receivers that have been drafted relatively highly over the past several years. Uh, but, man, I don't know. Like, do they believe in Fournette? Are they going to draft somebody to be that? I kind of think more they're going to kind of try to replace uh, um, TJ Yeldon there in terms of the pass-catching running back role. Alfred Blue, I think, was signed to be the backup so to Fournette for, for, for you know, the early down work. But maybe a guy like Daryl Henderson or something lands up there to give him some speed. Uh, something like that, uh, I guess, would be my but, – but really, I just hope they avoid this. Yeah, this is, this is another team that I'm not anxious to invest in. Uh, you look at that wide receiver group, and, Dan, you mentioned this, they've invested some, some fairly high picks, second and, and third rounders in these guys, Lee and DJ Chark especially, and, and recently signed uh, Chris Conley. But all you really have is a handful of wide receiver threes. None of those – you don't feel good about any of those guys as as your top target for your new quarterback that you just overpaid. 
So I kind of like Fournette as a buy low. I kind of like even Marquise Lee coming off that injury as a buy low. But in general, this this is a team I want to avoid. Yeah, and another team with four of the top 100 picks, three picks in the top 70. There's the potential for them to add a position player and, and potentially – you know, we'll have to make some decisions based on that. Like you guys, I'm not necessarily excited about that potential or, or how quickly that guy can get enthralled in that offense and become a playmaker for us as dynasty owners. Maybe tight end, Dan. I know they signed Swain, but, you know, Foles has had some success with Ertz, so maybe they go early there. But, again, I, I, if, if Fant lives there, I'll cry. On draft night, if Fant <laughs> lands in Jacksonville, I'm going to cry. I would as well. You know, Glass half full, you're right. Tight end could be is a need for them, and, and that guy could make an impact right away. Like you, if Fant ends up there, I'm, I'm going to walk away from the TV slowly. <laughs> uh, let's go to the Titan, Tennessee Titans. Uh, the Titans have a pick in each of the first six rounds. They've done a little bit of moving and shaking in the offseason, adding Adam Humphreys and a backup quarterback in Ryan Tannehill course have Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis is still on the roster there in Tennessee Corey Davis I think we can all say he's disappointed to this point Delaney Walker and Jonu Smith at tight end there's a bunch of guys on this roster and certainly noteworthy guys but not necessarily big time playmakers Ryan what are your thoughts about the Titans and the potential to add a playmaker for us dynasty owners in Tennessee it's really just a frustrating collection of talent that they've assembled because, you, I mean, you look at Marcus Mariota, obviously they spent an early pick on him. Dynasty owners did as well, at least in super flex leagues. Uh, similar story with Derrick Henry, with Corey Davis. These are all guys that have, over the past few years, have carried quite a bit of value. But for the most part, they've never lived up to to expectations. And you, you just have to wonder if they are ever going to specifically referring to Mariota and and Corey Davis, Henry of course came on uh, very strong the last month of the season. And, and now they're saying they want to build their team around him, which really is is just crazy when you think about it. Um, I think there's room to add a wide receiver. I still like Taewon Taylor as I guess he's kind of become a, a, a shot in the dark at this point, but still kind of a fan favorite of mine. Uh, I think there is room to make a, make a move at tight end with this team. Unfortunately, I'm starting to give up on Johnny Smith as well. And uh, when you look at the running back position, I'm a little surprised Deion Lewis is still on this roster. I'm going to pose this this question back at you guys. Uh, what if they draft one of these upper echelon wide receivers that we think are going to go in the first round? Does he, what happens to Corey Davis? First of all, does he become the number two and one of these rookies that like is actually more talented than Corey Davis? Or do you think they come in as a number two? All right. So I'm, so I'm going to throw out my idea for this team and that's Paris Campbell. I think that they have some guys there at the wide receiver position, but I think Campbell could really fit in and really kind of 
his his skill set could kind of mesh with what Mariota does. Lots of rollouts, some quick targets there for him to be able to use that speed to gain yards with his with his after the catch ability. Um, I know they have that a little bit with Taylor and I guess Humphreys from the slot, but I don't really think those guys can compete with a guy like Campbell in terms of the speed situation. But I, I guess my question again for you guys, throw it back at you, is what happens to Davis if they do t- draft, say, for some reason they draft DK or, or, or Nikhil Harry or one of these guys that we think are going to go early in the draft? Obviously, the most, the more popular opinion of those that put out mocks is to of the of the position players is to land a tight end there. So I don't know how likely it is that they would go wide receiver in round one or maybe even round two because they have needs on defense as well. Um, I would be heartbroken, almost to the same extent as what we were just talking about with tight end in in Jacksonville. Uh, j- simply because I'm not a believer in Marcus Mariota and his ability to get the football to good players. And we've seen it with Corey Davis. I think that that is a direct correlation of the lack of quarterback talent on the roster, not just with Mariota, but obviously the, the lack of backup talent that they've had over the last few years with Mariota banged up. Now, maybe, maybe that's just because Marcus has been banged up so much and, and it's affected his play so much. And there's talk about how he can't grip a football correctly or that his arm hurts when he throws and all those things. Um, maybe that all gets corrected and he returns to the prospect or that potential that we thought he had coming out of college. But I'm just not excited about any position player ending up with, with Marcus Mariota throwing him the football. I mean, do you think this year, 2019, is Mariota's last chance? Like if he Absolutely. It should yeah. be. Well, I mean, he was essentially benched for Blaine Gabbert last year at, at one point in the season. And now they, they bring in Ryan Tannehill, which, you know, say what you will about him. That's that's a relatively high-profile backup that you're bringing in, insurance policy. And I don't think Tannehill, they would view Tannehill as uh, the quarterback of the future 2020 and beyond. But if Mariota can't get it together this year, I think they're dra- they're drafting Justin Herbert or Tua or Jake Fromm or whoever it might be next next year. Yeah, this is his last year, right? He's this is year five. They picked up his fifth year of his contract, so I mean, this is like this is the year that Mario has to perform, or he's probably gone. So, right. And to be fair, we should say again they've blamed a lot of that, or or at least associated a lot of those struggles with injuries in the past. But that's part of being a a good football player and something that we have to take take into account when valuing these guys. He's dinged up a lot, and if that's affecting his play to this extent, that it's it's knocked him down from, you know, at one point being a top, a fringe top five quarterback in our rankings on DLF to all the way down in the mid-teens, uh, even lower than that for some, that's that's just an excuse for me. It's, it's happened for too long. It already has happened for too long for me. Um, let's move on to the AFC West, guys, and we're going to start with the class of the West with the Kansas City Chiefs. Nothing to say about the quarterback position there, so we'll just breeze right by that. Tight end seems to be set with Travis Kelsey already there. Could have said the same about wide receiver with Tyreek Hill there as well as Sammy Watkins, but with the question marks surrounding Hill and, and maybe some of that off-the-field stuff uh, that could perk up its head at any point, there's you know, some room for another wide receiver there. Running back seems like the place to be though, Matt. Uh, how high could a running back move up dynasty rankings if they landed in Kansas City? 
I mean, this is the prime spot, right? Like, I'm not, I'm not, a, I understand the love for Damian Williams right now. I, I don't really necessarily think they're going to spend a high pick on a running back. But if they do, then I think this is, the, the, he could be the 101 if we're not talking Superflex. I think Superflex, Kyler Murray's probably still that guy. But in a, you know, if the wide receivers all land in a bad spot and these guys, they get somebody like even like, a, like again, like a Daryl Henderson, a Miles Sanders, obviously, of course, uh, they're, they're not going to get Josh Jacobs. But if one of these guys do land there, I do think it's probably the prime spot. You know, even more than the off the field stuff, Ryan, with Tyreek Hill, the rumors that there were talks of maybe a trade or may, that maybe Hill could have, you know, been talked about in a potential trade makes me think twice about what Kansas City's plans are or what they what they might think of that offense, what they might be trying to add to that offense. Maybe somebody to compete with Hill or to, to potentially take over that role at some point. What are your thoughts about Kansas City? As yeah, I totally agree. I think their, their focus uh, among these four positions has to be at wide receiver, not only because of the Hill uh, story, but... Uh, also, just just the lack of depth. I mean, Sammy Watkins is another guy who has never been able to stay healthy. They did lose, uh, they did lose uh, Chris Conley as well. So they've they've got some questions when it comes to just their depth at wide receiver. Even if uh, Hill, you know, comes through all this with, uh, I guess, with no no further trouble. Um, so they're going to add a wide receiver and. Uh, again, if it's if it's one of these guys that we're we're talking about as potential first or second rounder, uh, second round dynasty picks, they're going to gain some quick value. Another team that seems to be set uh, throughout the depth chart, or at least the depth chart that we care about in dynasty, is the Los Angeles Chargers. Philip Rivers at quarterback, Melvin Gordon at running back, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, Travis Benjamin at wide receiver, and tight end with. Hunter Henry, they have a lot of needs on the defensive side of the ball, also the offensive line, uh, fellas. So I could see them ignoring all the positions. Maybe they add a running back late in the draft, maybe another wide receiver um, for make up, to make up for, for the losses there. But overall, we shouldn't expect much, Ryan. No, uh, this is this is a roster that's in pretty good shape among these four positions, and, and they have to feel pretty good that they're – they're going to be able just to basically draft depth. Uh, Antonio Gates, I think we can finally assume he's gone. So maybe adding uh, another tight end, adding another receiver with uh, Tyrell Williams gone. Maybe they choose this time to draft the the young quarterback, like we were talking about with the uh, with the Patriots. But they also added Tyrod Taylor, so that gives them a little a little insurance that. They're sitting pretty that they don't have any any major needs right now. Yeah, I think quarterback is is, is is something to look at. I know they added Tyrod Taylor as the backup, but obviously not the long-term answer. So maybe he's a, they're a dark horse to draft one of these a little bit later. Uh, not, But not too late quarterbacks. Again, I think this is a good spot for Will Greer, a guy with a similar fiery attitude on the field as, as Rivers, so maybe that's a good learning spot for him. Uh, and you know, Melvin Gordon is, you know, maybe they, maybe they decide they don't want to pay him for some reason. I I think they will, but, but if they decide they don't want to give him a bunch of money, then, then maybe he's going to move on and they do need a running back here. So I think quarterback and and running back to the two that I'm going to be looking for, for the chargers. Another team that is in need of a young quarterback is the Denver Broncos, maybe even as high as 10 overall. They, they hold that 10th pick. 
Um, Joe Flacco at quarterback for now, at least. Running back seems to be okay with Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. Uh, wide receiver after Emmanuel Sanders, who's coming off for the injury, and Cortland Sutton. There's some questions there. And then tight end, they've tried a couple times with Big, big Ten tight ends over the last few years with Jeff Hireman and Jake Butt, but there, there's not a pass catcher necessarily in that group. Um, obviously, there's a chance for a pass catcher to to make an impact relatively early, but with Joe Flacco at quarterback, are we that excited about this one, Matt? No, but doesn't it just seem so perfect at this point? I know, obviously, that's all the talk right now is that Drew Locke is going to the Broncos at 10, but it just makes so much sense because they're like the same quarterback. They're both giant men with giant arms and not a lot of nuance to their, their throwing ability. Uh, it, just, it just makes a lot of sense. So that seems like a, like a, like a, almost like a locked in as much as anything can be at this point. Um, and then you're right, at wide receiver, they have Deshaun Hamilton, which I, I do like quite a bit, but I don't think that – I know they're going to keep Sanders around, but I come at 30-year-old – thirty was he 31 or 32 coming off of an Achilles injury? That just sounds, sounds real bad. So uh, I think they will add somebody there, maybe not highly, uh, but I, I, think, I think that quarterback is definitely happening. And then at tight end, I know they drafted Fumagalli last year and Jake Butt the year before that, and they re-signed Hireman, but – Seems like a spot where they could add a body if they want to add, uh, you know, some some physical talent to that to that offense at, at the tight end position. Running back, I think, is pretty set unless they are ready to move on from Booker and want some depth behind Lindsey and Freeman. Or maybe Lindsey isn't going to be ready. I think there's some news that he's not going to be ready for OTA, so maybe they need to add somebody there uh, just as some depth. Yeah, this is a team that kind of feels like it needs everything, maybe except running back. Uh, certainly can use some help at wide receiver. Dynasty owners might be ready to presume that Sutton is going to serve as, as the team's wide receiver one, and uh, he's certainly the most talented, healthy receiver on that team. But uh, I'm I'm not sure he's ready. We didn't we didn't see enough of him from last season for me to be convinced. So this is this is just another pretty gross roster for me. Yeah, we're hoping for a big jump from Sutton, but like you said, nothing from his rookie season suggests that 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 is going to happen. And then, you know, the move at quarterback isn't a isn't a big move up if if it's a move up at all. So, uh, lots of questions to be answered in Denver. I don't think anybody's value goes up drastically by being drafted by the Broncos. Let's go out to Oakland for the last team of this week's episode with the Raiders quarterback Derek Carr, running back they signed. Isaiah Crowell and have Richard and Washington and Warren on the roster as well. Antonio Brown and Terrell Williams at wide receiver, and they definitely have a need at tight end. Looking at their draft picks, Ryan, uh, they have plenty of them, of course, with those trades that they made. They picked three times in the first round and then have an early second round pick as well. What are your thoughts about somebody landing in Oakland and how much can they move up draft boards just by landing there? I don't think it's really going to help any position player to land in Oakland. They they certainly need a tight end, but even if that's a guy like Fant or Hawkinson or Irv Smith, I'm I'm not going to view that as a quality landing spot honestly even with the the wide open uh, path to playing time. I think even with the addition of Isaiah Crowell, they probably still draft a running back. They've been pretty routinely linked to Josh Jacobs in mock drafts, so I think people are almost just starting to accept that at this point. In many ways, this team reminds me of the Bengals because they have that quarterback who has 
underwhelmed, and maybe this is the year where they make the move and they, they draft the rookie quarterback. That's what I was going to say, too, is, is I mean, in, unless we really think that Gruden is happy with, with Carr, I know they, they're paying him a lot of money, but it seems like they're, they, they're, they're pulling these guys in, they're pulling Murray in for workouts and things like that. So it seems like a little bit of an underrated spot for one of these quarterbacks to land. Tight end, obviously, a need, maybe a wide receiver three. Uh, I guess if Jacobs goes there, that's fine, but he seems a little bit buried unless they're just going to, you know, completely ignore the, the, the Crowell signing, which is certainly possible. And then we still don't know what's happening with Marshawn Lynch. So they could really just draft anybody and, uh, you know, it's going to be a need for them. And again, it doesn't move the needle much in Dynasty. In fact, if anything, it, it may move it backwards a little bit. I don't know if landing in the black hole is going to be a good thing for, for Dynasty prospect. Uh, at least one of those top guys that we're excited about. And unfortunately, the Raiders have three shots, four shots really, in the top 40 picks at, at landing one, one or more of those guys unless they package them all up to go get that quarterback, which has been rumored as well. We're going to do the same thing again next week, but we're going to flip over to the NFC depth chart side of things. Uh, we'll cover each of those teams just as we did this week for Ryan and Matt. I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again next week. Thank you, Bentley. Bentley has a lot to say about the Jacksonville wide receiver group. They're all dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Easter egg.